Hello and welcome to the Midlife Clarity Podcast, where we're talking about how to get exactly what you want out of your next chapter, because the crisis is not mandatory. This week is episode five. A couple things I want to let you know first before we get into it. I was on another podcast this week as a guest. That is a show by Scott Perry called Creative on Purpose. And he also works with people to make sure that they're playing their game, playing the game that they want to be in and therefore have a very good chance of winning. He invited me to come onto his show this week, and I was so happy to spend some time speaking with him earlier today. So if you get a chance to check out Scott's podcast, please do so. And let me know what you think. And remember, we have the Telegram channel open for Midlife Clarity Community. I really hope you guys come on in, have some discussions. You will be surprised at how much more you can learn, retain, and really use in life if you'll discuss some of these concepts with other people. So I hope you'll consider coming into the Midlife Clarity Telegram community. All right, let's get into it. This is episode five. This week, what we're going to talk about is principle number four from my 10 principles of transformation. That principle is that everything in life is cyclical. Everything in life is cyclical. It's one of my favorite concepts and one that I try to remind myself of as well as other people. The key premise is that when times are very good, they won't always stay that way. The good news is when times are very bad, they won't always stay that way. And I think it's important to remember that no matter if we're in the valley or on the mountain, we won't stay there. It has given me a lot of comfort at times, especially recently, to remember and realize that no matter how deep in pain I'm in, how um, how hopeless things might seem or how messed up things might seem, it's not going to stay that way. Everything is cyclical. And we're going to talk about not just the cycle of the big things, like is life good or is life bad, but the cycles and the rhythms that we have as people and that our businesses have. Even down to the day, we have cycles in our days, rhythms in our days, and we're all different, that really can impact how we're performing, how we're getting things done that day, whether or not we're getting the things done that we need to get done. Why this is important is, for one thing, it's, it's about hope. As I mentioned, no matter how dark things seem, When you have hope that the light at the end of that tunnel is not a train, (laughs) that it really is light because you're going to come out of the tunnel, that's a big deal. And anybody who's ever experienced pain, loss, hard times can attest to that. Another reason it's important is because of preparation. Understanding that even when we're at the top, we're on the mountain, 
We need to be prepared for when the pain comes. We need to have a plan for when things start to go south. And we need to make that plan easy to implement. I don't care how well you're doing at work, in your business, in your career, how great your marriage seems, how healthy you feel. It's great. That's all wonderful news. Enjoy it. Try to prolong it. You know, do the things you need to do to make sure that you stay in that good place in all those areas. But just know that that on top of the world feeling doesn't stay. And you need to have a plan whenever things go sideways. When a pandemic hits, when inflation hits, when the price of everything goes up, interest rates go through the roof, when a customer pool dries up, have a plan for when the pain comes and make sure that you can put that plan in place quickly and with very little effort. Another reason it's important to keep this concept in mind is that we need to manage expectations. I won't say just manage them. Honestly, I'm of the belief that we need to just lose those expectations when we talk about overall outcome. I'm a big believer that we need to focus less on the outcome and more on the process. So if we go into a thing or if we're working through a process, a project, whatever it is, with an expectation of exactly how we want things to go, it can be counterproductive. And when we think about how everything is cyclical, including the work that you're doing on this particular project that you've got expectations about, you'll realize that if you'll just adopt this principle and take it to heart, understand that you might do everything right and still the outcome may not be what you wanted it to be. And if your idea of success or failure in that particular project tied to a certain outcome that you wanted, then you're going to talk yourself into being in the valley because you're trying to control an outcome when all you can control are your actions and your thoughts. And finally, it's really important to understand this and to take it to heart because we need balance. We need balance. We need the valleys as much as we need the mountains. Those dark times, the hard times, are necessary in life for growing, for learning, and for moving forward. We need the hills to climb. Uh, we, need, we need the valleys to walk through. And we need the really good times too. All of them make us who we are. They help us learn. They help us become better than who we were yesterday. Which is really the point, right? Keep in mind that as we walk through these principles, the whole point of this is to get you some common language I want you to open your mind to these concepts as I go through them 
and you're going to be able to have much better, more productive conversations with me, with the group, with anyone about this idea of really making your next chapter into what you want it to be if you will take in these concepts and really think about them, journal about them, discuss them with other people, and just make sure that you have a good understanding of them. Okay? Let's talk about just some examples of ups and downs because I'm talking to you out here in cyberspace. I can't see your head nod, so I don't know if you're with me on this. I don't know if you are on board with the concept. So I'll give you some examples. In the fall of 2006, I was, I would say, doing pretty well in my career. Uh, we were at a good place in our marriage. Things were, yeah, rocking along pretty good. I took a week's vacation to do some deer hunting. It was in November. And the last day of my vacation, I didn't hunt. I decided not to. And I asked my husband to go to the grocery store with me. He didn't want to, but I talked him into it. So we left, I don't know, maybe 10 in the morning. We went to the grocery store. We went to the bookstore. We went and looked at mattresses. We had several stops. We came home about four hours later, and our house had burned to the ground. There were fire trucks all over the yard. The Red Cross was here handing out water to the firemen. It was a mess. Our dog was in the house. And everything, everything we owned, because it didn't just burn the house, it burned all the way down through the basement. So tools, lawnmower, I mean, every everything, literally everything we owned. We had the clothes we were wearing and the vehicle we were driving. We had a second vehicle. It was parked too close to the house, and, and half of it got melted and burned up. So um, now things were looking pretty good. In fact, I think I had just paid my car off. And suddenly things were horrible. Things were horrible. We lost everything, including our dog. Fast forward to, I don't know, maybe six months later, we were in the process of rebuilding our house. Our insurance company had done everything that they said they would do. We had grieved the loss of our dog, and I swear, both of us said for years we'd have given everything in that house ten times over if that dog had not been in there. It's probably the, one of the worst things I, I've ever experienced, not just the loss of the home, but of, of that dog. But we climbed out of it. We climbed out of it. We rebuilt, and it took longer than six months. That happened in the fall. I think we moved in in maybe September. We built the home that we had intended to build maybe five years down the road. We just had to advance our plan. And life got good again. The loss was always there. The sadness was always there. But life got good again. Another story I'll tell you. I used to work with a lady years ago who had gone through a, a bad divorce. And at the time, I was probably in my 30s. She was in her late 40s. She'd gone through a bad divorce, and it was bitter. Oh, man, she was, she was really mad at her ex-husband. It was awful. And, 
and she was always in a bad mood. She didn't work in my office. She worked in a whole different division, but we worked together on on the same network team. Whew. She was one of these people who was just mad all the time. Most of it was stemming from the fact that she had this awful, bitter divorce. I remember thinking, man, I feel sorry for her because she was going through life just mean, mad, and bitter. And I don't know exactly how it happened. I don't know the story, but she met a man, and they started dating, and he was wonderful. He was everything her ex-husband wasn't, and he was perfect for her. They fell in love. They ended up getting married, and that was a changed woman. She found happiness again. She found hope. She found a soulmate. And I'm certain that she had gone through some very dark times, very lonely nights, processed a lot of anger, and probably thought that she would never have the opportunity to be happy. And yet she was. She turned into one of the most pleasant, productive people that I've had the pleasure to work with. And I hope she's still doing wonderful wherever she is in the world. They traveled quite a bit together. Those stories, I only tell them to you to just plant some seeds and help you start to think about times in your life where you've thought things were just at their worst, couldn't get any worse. And then a few weeks or a few months later, or maybe a year later, you're back on top again. Everything is cyclical. So remember that when things seem dark. Remember that when you're in the valley. It's not going to stay that way. And please, please, when you're on top of the mountain and life is good, be prepared. Make sure you take time to prepare for when things are not so excellent. Let's talk a little bit about personal rhythms. There's a couple of different types of rhythms that we all have, and I'm not going to go into them in great detail because there's a ton of research and a ton of, of writing about them out there, but I just, again, we're planting seeds here. We're, we're trying to establish some common ground. One rhythm is one you might have heard of. This was one that I'd, I'd heard of but not really dug into it, but it's the circadian rhythm. That's your sleep and wake cycles. You've probably heard of it. Now, this can be affected by either jet lag or shift work, as well as light from electronic devices. If you've ever tried to figure out why you're not sleeping at night, why you can't go to sleep and fall asleep, one of the things you probably read is that you shouldn't be on your phone or on your computer or your iPad within, I don't know, is it an hour before you go to bed, maybe two hours? Because the light from those devices can impact your your actual circadian rhythm. It's important to work within your own rhythm when you can. Now, it's not always possible. You know, I know some people who are more night owls than morning people. I'm, I'm not really a morning person. It seems like I catch another gear about 7 o'clock at night. And I can go for several more hours in a very creative, energetic way normally 
just way more energy and way more, let's say, contribution and throughput coming from my brain at that time of night than at five or six in the morning. It's just kind of how I'm wired. If you can make some small adjustments in your own life, I know we can't all have the luxury of just sleeping until nine or 10 and then getting up and being creative. We've got to be at work at eight o'clock or nine o'clock or whatever. But what we can do is try to make some adjustments so that we're working within the rhythm to deliver the best results for ourselves. I'll talk a little bit more about that later on, but let's talk about the second type of rhythm, and that is the productivity rhythm. This I've seen referred to also as the ultradian performance rhythm. There's a book called The Power of Full Engagement by Jim Lower and Tony Schwartz. They said that these ultradian rhythms, I'm quoting here, these ultradian rhythms help to account for the ebb and flow of our energy throughout the day. Physiological measures such as heart rate, hormonal levels, muscle tension, and brainwave activity all increase during the first part of the cycle, and so does alertness. After an hour or so, these measures start to decline. Somewhere between 90 and 120 minutes, the body begins to crave a period of rest and recovery. So what I'm talking about here is not the circadian rhythm, not the sleep and wake, but I'm talking about throughout the day, we have these rhythms of productivity where we physiologically go through changes on these kind of 90 and 20 minute cycles where 90 minutes we're we're kind of heading up, we reach top performance, we're stressed and we go back down. And then we're in a 20-minute kind of healing response. Then we go back up for 90 minutes, top top performance, stressed and go back down for 20 minutes. You can power through those 20-minute rest and healing response times. You can power through those whenever you're in that trough. But you only do it by kicking your body into fight-or-flight mode. And when you do that, you're flooded with stress hormones. So... It's better if you can work with that natural rhythm and then you're able to bang out your high leverage important stuff whenever you're at peak and then rest your brain after about 60 to 90 minutes. Go for a walk, call a friend, take a, take a little nap, do whatever you need to do. When, when you go from that peak performance time, 60, 90 minutes, and then you hit that valley at 20 minutes, rest your brain. Rest your brain. Give your brain the rest that it needs. In manufacturing, we used to call this slow down to speed up. (laughs) Sometimes you have to slow the production line down in order to get consistently strong throughput at the end. This is the same concept. In order to leverage your own personal rhythm, you need to make sure that you're highly focused on what's really important to you when you're working. When you're working, the things that are really critical and important, you need to be focused on them exclusively and not trying to multitask, not getting interrupted every five minutes, but really focused. And then when it's rest time, when you're in that 20-minute lull, that, that low point, the trough, really rest. Not scrolling through Facebook, not answering emails not trying to keep up or listen to voicemails or whatever. Really rest your brain 
like I said earlier, go call somebody, go take a nap, take a walk, whatever. Rest your brain. One way that you can focus while you're in that work mode, because you're like, you know, if you're listening to this right now, you're like, oh, great. Well, that's all well and good, but I've got emails coming in. I got, I got people standing in my doorway trying to talk to me. It's easy for you to say <clears throat> to be focused while you're in that high performance mode. But you really can do a few things that will help you keep that focus. One of them is you can shut down your email. Did you know that? Did you know that you can turn off your email, messenger, or any other type of communication? Just shut off the app on laptop or whatever you're working on. Just turn it off while you're trying to focus and really perform at that high level while you're in that peak 60 to 90 minutes give yourself the opportunity to focus by just turning off those emails you can also put your phone in airplane mode now you have to be careful not to forget to switch it back i've done that before turn it on airplane and then all of a sudden i realize i've i've got had people calling me for half a day because i forgot to turn it back on boy i got a lot of work done though you can also block your social media notifications. That's helpful. Some people can even use focus-enhancing music. If that helps you, use it. Try it. I don't know if it's going to help you. Sometimes it helps me. I think Apple even has a focus uh, playlist. There are several different focus playlists. You can go and check that out. For some people, it's going to be a distraction. For me, it's actually helpful. I think that that's really all I want to throw at you today. But there are some things that I hope that you will ask yourself and maybe even journal on them. I think there's some, some good answers to be had if we really dig into this and, and have some conversations either with ourselves or with other people or both. So here's some questions to ask yourself and journal on as you think about this week's podcast. One, think about what about your life seems really good or really bad right now. Write it out. What is it about your life that seems really good or really bad right now? Then thinking about those specific areas, I want you to make a bullet point for each one. Ask yourself and, and journal about it. Ask yourself, how can I plan so that I'm either prepared to accept the blessing of an upturn or successfully navigate a downturn and write it out. I'm not crazy for asking you to write it out. Trust me, you're going to wish you had. Another thing you can ask yourself is what is my natural sleep-wake cycle? What is my circadian rhythm? Spend some time trying to figure that out and you'd be surprised at the little changes you can make that help you make a better day when you understand your own cycle. And lastly, make a note of your feeling focused and productive times versus your unfocused brain needs rest times. If you really start to pay attention, you'll see the patterns emerge. And it's important to note those, keep a record of it so that you can reference back and know if it was just a fluke or if that is actually your rhythm. And after you make a note of those and start seeing them, what changes can you implement right away to ensure that you're doing your best focused work when your brain's most alert. 
that right there by itself can be life-changing. You're going to put out some really good work, make a lot of good progress. If you will only manage your work plan to fall in line with when you're in productive cycle versus rest cycle. All right, that is enough for today. Don't forget to come into the Telegram chat and let's have some conversations. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're enjoying this podcast, I hope that you will take the time to give it a five-star rating. Um, Maybe write a little review. The way that we get the message out to more people is by those ratings and reviews. And if you know anybody that you want to share the podcast with, please do. Also, if you are a woman who is in a position or has been in a position to suddenly be alone after having spent years with a partner, and maybe you're alone now because of death or divorce, either way, we would love to have you join the Facebook group that I created just for that particular group of people. We're actually about to start having some monthly Zoom calls for just support, you know, just to support each other and have some community. And I think that if you are somebody who's in that situation or has been in that situation ever, then you could bring a lot to the community and you could get a lot out of it. So if you'll go on Facebook and you'll look for women living alone after a death or divorce, very simple. That's exactly the people that we're inviting in, women living alone after a death or divorce. And you don't have to be currently living alone, but you've gone through it. Because I think a lot of times we get really exclusive about these groups and we don't realize there are women out there who've gone through this experience and they may have remarried. They may have a significant other now that they live with, but you went through a period of time where you were suddenly alone and you dealt with it. You found ways to deal with it and you, you can be really valuable in a community like this. So please join us. I'd love to have you. I'll really be watching the group for new people coming in and asking for access. It is private. It's not public because I want it to be a safe place for people to express their grief, their loss, their anger, the issues that they struggle with. And, you know, we don't want just everybody in there if they're not going to give and contribute to the community and to support the other ladies who are there. So come on in. Remember, come back and listen to next week's podcast. Re-listen to this one if you need to. Let's continue to work on getting exactly what you want out of your next chapter. Because the crisis is not mandatory. Until next week.